And peace be with you. We have uh, announcements this morning, and I think, um, if I read that right, Lee is the uh, commentator for that, so I won't steal his thunder other than to uh, remind you, because I'm sure he will as well, that in your bulletin is this small sheet of paper, and it is part of our Constitution that you have to be given fair warning that we have a congregational meeting Saturday, January the 20th. Lunch is provided at noon. The meeting will follow. The items of business to be discussed is the 24 budget, elections of council members, and miscellaneous business. So there it is by law. <laughs> Sensitive little guy. Come here. Come here. Come on. <laughs> All right, thank you, everybody. <coughs> yeah, he says, I don't want to steal his thunder, and then he steals the thunder. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, just as a reminder, I think probably pretty much everybody knows, but since the office church is closed on Tuesday, there will be no uh, morning sit and fit or the Bible study for this coming Tuesday. Uh, let's see, missions is the last Sunday uh, for the toy support for Victory Outreach. Uh, they already had their event, of course, but we're still pitching in to help them out with the expenses of it and everything. So if uh, you want to do that, please do. Uh, let's see, what else? We uh, always need worship assistants um, to uh, help out. Need, uh, what does it say? Get a hold of Ashley if you need any help or anything. Uh, you need somebody to read, so, you know, I, I can't read, so I'm trying, but we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, to do uh, greeters and ushers and everything. So anybody who's interested in getting a little bit more involved, please see Ashley, and she'll be more than happy to put your name on the schedule more than once. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, I said the church is closed on Tuesday. They will be back on Wednesday the 3rd, uh, regular hours. The annual congregational meeting, which you may have heard about recently, uh, is Saturday the 20th, which is three weeks away, just under three weeks away. Uh, everybody's invited. It's not just for board members or anything like that. Everybody's invited. Um, Saturday, January 20th, we have lunch served for at noon, and then the meeting itself should start right around 1245. Um, if you have any ideas or questions, this would be the time. Either show up at the meeting and or uh, pass it along to one of the board members or Ashley, and we'll see that it gets covered, either questions or suggestions. And I think that's all I have. So uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Be safe tonight. Uh, hide the dogs, because when the fireworks and gunshots start going off, make sure you keep your head down, okay? All right. Happy New Year.
Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name, Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, 
I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, our Maker and Redeemer, you wonderfully created us in the incarnation of your Son, yet more wondrously restored our human nature. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 10 through chapter 62, verse 3, and this can be found on page 1158 in the Pew Bible. And this is uh, the prophecy of the coming of Jesus, and um, it was given like 800 years before Jesus was born. So it just reminds me when God has a plan and we think it's going to happen right now, it's just like nine generations later that it happens. So God's timing is not ours. Isaiah 61, beginning with the 10th verse. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring upon up before all nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Next, we will read Psalm 111 responsively, and it's printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart, and in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just, All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. And the epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And this can be found on page 1813 in the Pew Bible. Galatians chapter 4, beginning with the fourth verse. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, 
the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. And Luke records, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon, took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father And mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God 
and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I need to take a brief walk here. I forgot my notes. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This is the first Sunday after Christmas, and today's Gospel of Luke uh, aligns up with some of the conversations I had this last week about the power of the Holy Spirit and how essential uh, he is as part of the triune God and the power that comes through him. The temple in uh, first century Jerusalem was a busy place. If we consider the number of Jews that lived in the world in Jesus' day, and then we consider all of the ceremonial laws that required a trip to the temple in Jerusalem. So it wasn't that you went down to the local synagogue and took care of these things. All the Jews in all the world had to come to Jerusalem to observe the law of Moses. It was a very busy place of constant activity. So who knows? Nobody really, but who knows how many parents brought their firstborn baby boys into the temple on the day that Mary and Joseph presented Jesus to the Lord? How can we know? Who knows? Nobody can. How many mothers were there that day for their rite of purification after giving birth? And then to the rest of the people, Mary and Joseph and Jesus would just seem to be just another family that were there to fulfill the law that God gave them through his servant Moses. So the question is, how then? How in the world were Simeon and Anna able to pick Jesus out of that crowd. How did they know that Jesus was consolation, redemption, and salvation? And how is it that the rest of the crowd saw nothing special? The words, inspired words of Luke, well, gives us the answer. Luke connects Simeon to the Holy Spirit three times. The Holy Spirit was upon him, 
It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. Three times the Holy Spirit is mentioned. Now Martin Luther reminds us in his explanation of the third article of the Creed, when he says the Holy Spirit calls, the Holy Spirit gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies. So, the Holy Spirit called Simeon to faith. Luke tells us that he was righteous and devout. He was righteous in God's eyes. He was conscientious and a faithful believer. The Holy Spirit enlightened Simeon. The Holy Spirit told Simeon that he would see God's Christ before he died. And the Holy Spirit gathered Simeon. He led Simeon to the temple at just the right time for him to see this baby Jesus. And Luke gives us the impression that Simeon was waiting for Jesus when Mary and Joseph brought him into the temple. We can imagine Simeon waiting near the entrance to the temple and watching parents during their firstborn sons, bringing them along to present them to the Lord. And we can imagine then when Mary and Joseph entered with Jesus, we can imagine the Holy Spirit telling Simeon, this one, this is the one. And can you imagine Mary's surprise when she entered the temple and this man reverently removed Jesus from her arms and began to worship him. Now, we might be inclined to downplay this event. We might remark, well, wasn't it nice that God made this special arrangement with Simeon? The, uh, the story about Anna is also very nice. These are truly heartwarming events. But what have they got to do with me, you might ask? I'm going to tell you. Just as the Holy Spirit led Simeon and Anna to Jesus in the temple, he also leads people to Jesus today. The Holy Spirit is the only way anyone can see Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the only one who provides and strengthens the faith that allows us to see the truth about Jesus. Now, I don't mean that no one else in the temple saw Jesus. Surely there were people that saw this baby. Anyone who looked in the right direction would be sure to see Joseph and Mary and the cute little newborn son. And they might even have felt a sense of fellowship with the parents, since many were there to present their firstborn as well. They would feel the continuity of the tradition of laws being performed, being obeyed. 
being practiced. They would feel all of these things and more, but they would not, they could not understand that Jesus was special. They would not understand that here is God in the flesh, that here is the Savior of mankind. Much the same thing happens today. There are many people. Many people believe in the historical Jesus. They will be quick to admit that Jesus lived on this earth. They will be ready to believe that Jesus did good deeds, that he taught good teachings, and is a fine example to anyone and for anyone to emulate. They are ready to praise his bravery in criticizing the oppressive political establishment of his day. Anyone who is intellectually honest must agree that Jesus changed history in a very big way. They must agree that his influence continues even to this very day. They see the historical Jesus, but they don't see the Son of God who's come to the earth. They see the historical Jesus, but they don't see the Savior of mankind. They may see the historical Jesus, but they don't see the true Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the true Jesus to our eyes through the gift of faith that he gives. The Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes so that we become aware of our need for a Savior. Let me say that one more time. The Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes so that we become aware of our need for a Savior. He shows us that we have not loved God with our whole heart and that we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. He shows us that we have not done what God commands. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we see the reality of the terrible, eternal punishment that our sins deserve. However, the Holy Spirit does not leave us in that predicament. He gives us the same faith, the same faith that allowed Simeon to see God's salvation. And through that faith, we also see the salvation that God has prepared in the presence of all peoples. We see the baby in Simeon's arms grow up to take our sins and our guilt to the cross. We see the sword pierce Mary's heart as she watches her son suffer and die on the cross. But we also know that her son's suffering 
and dying, free her and us from sin. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes with the faith that allows us to see our sins taken away from us by his perfect work on the cross. The vision we receive from the Holy Spirit also shows us Christ's triumph over death. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we see Jesus alive once again, risen from the dead, and now ascended to his throne in heaven. We see that he fills all things in heaven and on earth, that he is with us always, even if we cannot see him with our physical eyes. The gift of faith that we received from the Holy Spirit gives us the sight that we need to look at Jesus Christ and to see our Lord and our Savior. Without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, People look at Jesus' life and they say, isn't it sad that he died so young? Think of what he could have done if, he, if they hadn't, if they wouldn't have crucified him on the cross. With the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, we can see that the crucifixion on the cross is the truest expression of God's essence. We see it as the act of salvation that it is. We say, look what Jesus did through the crucifixion on the cross. That's why we preach Christ and him crucified here. Now, later in today's service, let us remember. Let us remember Simeon's words as they are recorded in the gospel according to Luke. The Holy Spirit will use those words to remind us that we have not only seen, but also tasted salvation as received through the bread and the wine of the sacrament. The Holy Spirit will strengthen and keep us in the one true faith unto life everlasting. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, as only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you as your children to pray. Lord, as we enter into this new year, I pray that you would bless each person here and provide for our every need. Lord, I pray that you would reveal your good and perfect will for our lives. And I pray that our faith in you would increase more and more. I pray that you would refresh us with good health. I pray that you would strengthen us to be a church that is obedient and intentional with the time you've given us. I pray that we would seek you first and bring you honor in everything that we do. Lord, You are worthy to receive our praises and adoration. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your great love and care over our lives. Please protect us from the schemes of the enemy to distort your word and cause division, discontentment, and doubt. Keep our hearts and minds fixed on you, your ways, your love, your comfort, and your peace, and your truth. 
Lord, as we humbly submit our lives over to your care, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. We love you, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. In the wonder and mystery of the Word made flesh, you have opened the eyes of faith to a new and radiant vision of your glory, that beholding the God made visible, we may be drawn to love the God whom we cannot see. And so, with the, earth, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This uh, holy sacrament of the altar is but a foretaste of the feast to come. It is where Jesus meets us at the altar here. It's where we taste salvation, where forgiveness of sins passes over our lips and restores us. As said before, it's like your own little personal Passover. It's a means of grace, God's grace. If this is your confession, then come. The table has been prepared, and the usher will bring you forward.
And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two.